Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibes to Jason B. A Broad Minds and More podcast. It's uh, the end of Memorial Day and uh, had a long day. Went to the Bay Area and uh, spent some time um, doing something that I don't normally do, but I'm slowly getting into. Went to uh, a nursery in, uh, I believe it was in Richmond. It's called Annie's uh, Perennial and Annual Nursery. And as I was looking out at the different displays and different things they had there, you know, different varieties of plants and fruits, vegetables that you could grow, it made me realize what was possible and how important what nature and and plants and vegetables and fruits and anything that comes out of the ground to grow how important really is and what at what lengths we need to go when it comes to uh, preserving life yes preserving life um it was a not long ago where i was thinking about I was looking at my um, recycle bin right and here in California every product that you that is supposed to be disposable has to have a recycling value but then I got curious uh, you know I, I started asking questions like if we're supposed to be able to recycle every single thing that we dispose of or we can dispose of, why don't we do more of it? And, you know, these companies and brands that we buy products from, I got to thinking about, well, if they're recycling or are they just making more garbage? You know, I think about when I use uh, a trash can and when I use a recycling bin, I think about where it goes and where it ends up. And every now and then I, ha I drive by on Highway 99 in Stockton. Um, you see these big giant mounds, dirt mounds. They probably weren't there 20 years before. But they're not there now. And I think about how those were created. Now, supposedly, majority of our products are supposed to be biodegradable. But what makes biodegradable? The key word is bio. That means there's something living that eats away at that product to where that product becomes a part of the earth. And from that earth, we use for many different products but there's one number one pollutant in the world and it's not gas it's not oil it's not coal but the number one pollutant product in my mind and in this world is plastic and we throw it away and we discard it we get rid of it and we even need our trash bags are even made out of plastic you know 
And so here I'm thinking of how important it is to garden, how to have a connection with the earth. And my thoughts are running back and forth to when I realized how we're not really taking care of the earth as much as we should. And those people who don't believe in um, weather changes and whatnot and uh, global warming, I notice deeply, I notice the shifts in the winds, the, the intensity of the sun during the summer, the cold, the rain, the floods that come here every so often. Things get a little worse in the skies. I remember when I was living and working in Yosemite National Park that the skies used to be so bright and beautiful. And then you come in the valley and then it's like kind of like a light, light blue. And I remember used to be able to look up in the sky and I would see endless stars. Now they're like freckles, you know, like speckles here and there. You got light pollution. You got smog in the air that prevents you from really seeing what's so beautiful in the sky. And all the time that I was in this nursery and I was thinking of how important it is to take care of what I have. I never, I've never grown anything. I've never, I've never cultivated anything in my life. N not, you know, I mean, I've worked a little bit in the fields at one time, but I've never taken the aspect of why farming is important. And not just profit farming. Now, profit farming is where somebody decides to grow one specific crop, a mass amount of it, and they sell it either to the public or they sell it overseas. And here in the Central Valley, you'll see in the northern part from, I would have to say, from Merced all the way to Sacramento, you're going to see almond orchards and cherries, cherry orchards. And then you go north of Sacramento, you're going to find apple orchards and, you know, you're going to find some probably cornfields. But you don't see much else. Then when you go to Merced, you can smell in the air the, some of the processing plants of onions. So onions and garlic and things like that are grown. Then you go to the coast. You go from San Francisco all the way down to probably, I would have to say, Malibu, maybe. I'm not really sure, but you're going to find cabbage, lettuce, spinach, things that don't really react well to heat. They need, they need very temperate climates and they need moisture. But all these products, so to speak, a lot of them are being sold. And then I notice in my grocery store that I go to, I go to Safeway, which I'm probably not going to be going to for too much longer. Well, most of our produce is shipped in from Chile and Peru and Mexico. 
so on and so forth. But what about our locally grown stuff, you know? And I started thinking about, you know, people talking about GMOs and glutens and pesticides and what's affecting me. And, you know, a few years back I had my gallbladder removed and I didn't become diabetic until after that was removed. And my gallbladder, our gallbladder, so I should say, should say, are designed to process not just our fats, but other things. So everything is connected from the trash to what we grow, where we grow, why we grow, how we eat, diets, so on and so forth, how it's all interconnected. And I started thinking, well, I was watching YouTube videos about these minimalists who people who literally, they go out of their way to create less trash. I mean, they don't, they don't buy anything plastic whatsoever if they can. When they, the food that they have is all made from scratch. The containers they use is mostly either glass or metal. They don't use plastic at all. And so I started reading about these minimalists and then the reasons why they don't use plastic. They're saying that there is, even our plastic bottled water has chemicals from the plastic itself that get into the water. So for a while I thought, well, I'm getting in, I'm buying like these alkaline waters, but yet it's, According to what these people are saying, some of the chemicals that make the plastic what it is, is getting into the water. So it's not as healthy. So it got me thinking and took the rabbit and down to the rabbit hole. And I just started thinking some more and how even today I was at this nursery. What makes healthy soil? How do you grow vegetables without using pesticides? How do you, you know, keep it organic? So later on the day, I went to this uh, Peruvian restaurant in Emeryville. And it was called the Picate Eatery. Inside they have uh, a few other restaurants like Pig in a Pickle, super duper burger, so on and so forth. And we originally we went there to go eat at um, Pig in a Pickle, which is supposed to be a barbecue place. But the menu just did not appeal to me, what they were selling. I was like, I was actually disappointed in what I saw. And then we ate at the Peruvian restaurant and I'm not somebody who eats cabbage and onions and all this other stuff. But we had these picate ribs, their house specialty. They were amazing. They came with this rice and lima bean mix. And the ribs were over that. And then you had the this radicchio cabbage um, vinaigrette over on top of the, the ribs. And I, I wasn't so keen to try to eat that right away, but... I tried it 
and the flavors just like burst in my mouth. And I was looking at this food and I was like, this, these were grown, these vegetables on top of this were grown somewhere. And this rice, you know, usually I have what I call a gluten attack. Now it's basic and it's a kind of embarrassing, but if you, especially if you're type two diabetic, you'll know what I'm talking about. You, uh, you go, you have within minutes of you eating this gluten or GMOs, you food, genetically modified food. Um, you have to go to the restroom and bad. And your stomach, your my stomach aches like nobody's business. Like it hurts. Like it literally, I am hurt so bad. And you would think that I would have gotten food poisoning, but it's not. But when I ate this food at this Peruvian restaurant, it was all organic. The food, the rice, the beans, the arugula, the cabbage, it was all organic. Because I was talking to, um, you know, the front desk person or whatever, the girl at the counter. And it's all, all organic. And I felt so good and the food tasted so good. So then it got me thinking about growing and, you know, getting into gardening. And there's more reward in gardening, in my mind personally than other things that I do, you know, and I literally felt the stress come off me of whatever I've been stressing about. And, um, uh, I saw exotic plants that I'd never seen in my life and they were just so beautiful and just makes me think about what could I do at home by growing some of this stuff, you know? And then I started thinking of how to, like, you know, vegetables. You know, like a rotating vegetable garden. And how important it was. Because when you go to the store and you buy all these genetically modified foods that are coming from overseas, you don't feel too good. Food doesn't seem like it's going to taste so great. So in the end, it made me think about how much waste we create, you know, and I thought about, we don't grow healthy vegetables because we want to protect our vegetables from the natural predators of our vegetables, insects. It could be bees, flies. Bees are important to us, but um, spiders, crickets, roaches, whatever. Whatever will eat a plant. And then we have things like Roundup. And we're finding out that it's dramatically affecting everything in life, believe it or not. We have kids who are, and people who have health ailments that, and a mass abundance that we didn't have before. I mean, diabetes was never on the scale that it was when I was a kid. You know, these corn syrup, sugary things, it just, it, it's wreaking havoc. 
And by the time they're in their 20s, they're going to be on insulin or they're going to be on metformin or they're going to have to be testing their blood sugar, having their gallbladders removed and, and so on and so forth. But it's all connected and it starts with Mother Earth. So then it comes to Memorial Day, right? And I'm here, I'm thinking about gardening, but I was thinking about another thing that's connected. And I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. I'm going to take a little bit of a break, but I'll be right back. So thanks for that little break. So the next part of this, I'm thinking about Memorial Day and I'm thinking about the friends that I lost, you know, and being out in this nursery in the garden and go out to lunch and all that stuff. And I was thinking about my friends that have passed who served their time in the military. And I'm a military veteran myself, but I didn't pay the price that they did. And I just think about other things that are connected to it all, you know, out of the year, we veterans, we have two days, Veterans Day and Memorial Day. Veterans Day is for anyone who served, past and present. And Memorial Day is for anyone who's lost somebody. And I think about how we lost these people and how many of the wars are unjust. And how we get lost in the rhetoric of somebody's leadership, <clears throat> a group of people most likely. And I started thinking about how, why do we have to go to war so often? Why is there a war cause every five years, five to 10 years, we're going to battle we're sending our ships, our armies, our air forces, our Coast Guard to places that I don't think we have any business managing how the way they live. And yet, here in the United States, our own society is falling apart. And we're spilling trillions of dollars on equipment and soldiers and training for them to come back all messed up in the mind, depression, anxiety, PTSD, schizophrenia, brain injuries. You know, just countless injuries. Teaching people how to eat, how to walk, how to talk again. And for what? I just never realized how important my service was to not just my my fellow Americans, but to teach me the price that I would pay for someone else's choices. And I chose to follow orders and serve. As a volunteer thing, I wasn't drafted. You know, when I joined the Navy, it was perfectly my choice. So I thought about some friends who died in Iraq and Afghanistan. And they're not going to come back. They have a gravestone somewhere. And then, 
you figure after 20 years, no one's going to remember them or their name or what they did, how they served, and what was the purpose of their service. And I can't think of a war that the U.S. has been involved with where money wasn't the main staple of why the war even existed to begin with. You know, if you really think clear back even to the Revolutionary War, it was about control of money or assets. Civil War, same thing. It wasn't just over slavery. Slavery was entered into the United States culture and history because it was a mechanism to process goods and services without having to pay someone else. And it's just changed. You know, slavery is obviously looked at bad, but it still exists to this day in the world. It does, it does go on. And now it's taken on different meanings. A lot of people are feeling like they have no hope. They feel like they may not have a job for long. Technology and AI and all this stuff, they, the fear cog is being peddled so bad, no job has true security. But what is being peddled is um, creativ- creativity and individualism. And what got me even thinking even more, so our leaders are so stubborn, it's like you got Republican and Democrat, and they don't want to work together. One feels like, well, all Americans should have to earn their own keep, and we shouldn't, our government should have them to pay for just regular services. You know, and then one feels like, there's so many disadvantages to most people that there needs to be social services and, and the attitude of like the rich need to pay more in taxes and the poor don't need to pay as much in taxes. But in reality, it just seems like no one is managing money correctly. I mean, if we're spending like almost a billion dollars for a fighter jet that has capabilities of un- not being detected, for an instrument of war or supposedly defense. But yet we have a student loan problem that people are in default. People can't live. People are not able to buy homes or buy cars or invest in futures or even save money for the matter because they have a student loan debt. And many thought that by going to school, they could be retrained and taught a new expert field or whatever. And the truth is, is when 2008 hit the real estate bust, I mean, you really got to look at, you know, the leadership at the time had a monster task and they were calling it retooling America. And in that same time, we are fighting wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and Korea, believe it or not, and other parts of the world, trying to control, trying to tell someone how to live, how their democracy should be. 
when it seems like not even our own democracy works in our own country. I mean, we're trying to tell people that create a democracy where votes count. But there's this thing called the Electoral College here in the United States. If you win the majority of that, then it didn't matter about your vote. So you voted for nothing. And that's how this, our recent president got elected. He wasn't winning by majority, not by the popular vote, which is my vote, your vote, you know. They made decisions, you know, really horrible decisions, you know. And it just seems like these decisions are sending young boys and women overseas to go fight and come back messed up and then be a dependent on society because they do not know how to heal their brains. Brain injuries in the military is so high, it's scary. And how it all relates to Mother Earth is a lot of times we're not in touch with our, our environment. What we produce, what we eat, how we make decisions. Well, we're sending people off to war. We're overdeveloping land. We don't have enough resources, enough homes, supposedly, to house everyone. And I think, if anything, if I were the President of the United States, I think that would be my chief concern is, is if the United States is not making anything and not producing anything, then how do we change that? Put people to work. Make an excellent craft. Production is great, you know, mass production. But if you can put the personal touch and craft into mass production, then it makes it truly valuable. So then, again, it's all connected. And some of these plants, they say, well, how can they exist when they're overregulated, overtaxed? Da, 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 da. And then you buy products from, you know, overseas. And then they're, they're people in leadership who are thinking we should have free trade, but free trade ruins, ruins a people. You know, everywhere else can charge the United States, but when it's expected to import here, it should be free. Which affects the politics, which affects the decisions, which affect when you send battle groups overseas to tell someone how to live while in the meantime we're tearing up the earth for resources oil coal petroleum uh, you know nuclear material and we don't know how to properly dispose of it after we refined it and used it to either fuel or make things so again it's another connection and here I am a father of three. And I'm thinking about the future that really has kind of a gray feel to it for them. I'm afraid for them. You know? Then here's another twist. 
So I was watching a while back this Disney movie called Wall-E. It's about a robot roams the earth and still doing his function of stacking garbage and whatnot. And basically the earth is just corrupted. He got all just all garbage all over. But this robot falls in love with this other exploratory robot. You know, and they, I don't know how feelings develop, but some kind of, it seemed like the robots had personalities instead of serving a function. And obviously, mankind had left planet Earth in a wreck with all this waste and disposed goods. So Wally ends up following this robot to its mothership somehow, and uh, humans don't, don't look like what they normally look like. They're on these like float chairs, and they're real fat and heavy, and they never use their own efforts. Exercise doesn't exist. They're just blobs. And then the story goes on, and Wally leads the way back to the Earth, and the ship eventually follows. And people don't even, they're so fat, they don't even know how to use their own hands and legs to run or whatever. And they found out that they were tricked, that they should not have a planet because they abused it. So again, I think about the politics of when somebody else is uh, in charge. And all the while, you know, I may get slammed for saying what I'm saying, but I mean, I'm trying to be realistic. If someone was actually attacking the United States, okay, I believe in going to war. But if it's over business, I don't think so. So it leads into other decisions. You know, so again, I've, I've, I've put a twist and put another connector, politics, the physical sense of the earth. I mean, so many different topics that connect one way or the other if we do not take care of the earth, let alone take care of one another, which leads another twist. You know, I've had racist moments. I've identified certain color of people or cultures less than or stupid or whatever. And I see it done so often. And then I think about to myself, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter whether it's Asian, Mexican, Peruvian, black, Chinese, Filipino, Egyptian, English, French, German, Russian, doesn't matter where you came from. All these little self-identifiers that are like, you're supposed to like stay true to that culture. And they create these bad feelings. You know, don't mix. And here I am, I'm a mixed human being. My mom's white, my dad's Mexican. And I'm proud of that. 
my oldest daughter is 75% Mexican and 25%, you know, Irish white. My middle daughter is half Filipino and half Mexican and half white. My youngest, she's 75% Mexican and 25% white. What does it all mean? It doesn't mean a thing. I mean, people say that you need to hold on to your cultural values, but when your cultural values divide you, and you don't take care of things, we don't appreciate a being in our present. <coughs> then what? So again, it's another connection. You know, sometimes technology is not all cracked up what it's meant to be. And extra knowledge is not always better. But what I really do want to express is that it's another facet of connection of how we take care of our earth, how we take care of our people, how we take care of our society and Mother Nature and herself. So we're, we're always divided. There's a process of overdevelopment. So I think about those people that have passed and died. And supposedly the thought and the name of God or God country in the American way. And I think about their price they paid on a decision that necessarily didn't have anyone actually come to the United States and hurt us. Now, some people might argue the points of 9-11, but this is the way my response to 9-11. Had we not been trying to meddle in Middle Eastern affairs or our business practices, I don't think that they would be here. It's just like that formula I like to say, event plus response equals outcome. When oil companies went to the Middle East, develop oil and whatever. They were taking their resources for our benefit and created an animosity and greed. So again, you know, I think about all those guys that went over somewhere and took a risk and died. And they call them heroes. I don't know if I disagree and say that they're not or say that they are, but when you're just following orders and thinking you're doing the right thing, right now I'd encourage nobody to join the military. There's no reason for any of us to go to war or fight anyone. News is going to hype up whatever they want to make us think that we need to go somewhere, but the truth is no. So again, it's the process, how we're all connected in some way, how our cultural, how our ideals, our politics, our beliefs in growing practices of how we treat our vegetables and fruits and whatever, and what we eat, even our air, trees are dying in the Sierras because there's not enough moisture and rain. Like these tree beetles are eating away at the pine trees and these trees in the Sierras are cleaning our air. And now our air is being so toxified that even the bees that we have are dying 
And if you don't have bees and butterflies, you don't have pollination. And if you don't have pollination, fruits, vegetables, and whatever, don't bloom. They lose their value. You know, the trees are like the purpose to filter our air, believe it or not. The tree beetles are just there to eat away dead stuff. Or, or I don't know, it's Mother's Nature's process. But lately, in the last year, we've had so much rain, thank God. And we've also had pretty bad wildfires. I mean, there's people, I met someone just the other day from Paradise, California, completely displaced. And they said they only had an hour. And they worked in the hospital. The hospital burnt down, supposedly. But yet, the government's like kind of reluctant to help these people out to a point. And then I think about the people in Puerto Rico, you know, that suffer from Hurricane Maria. They're going through hard times too. They got little to no aid because our leaders decided that they'll be fine, but they're suffering. I don't know. All this stuff is connected one way or the other. And I know it's about Memorials Day, but like I said, I think about the people that I've served with and had the pleasure and the friends that I've known who've served and died in the line of service. And did they, was it necessary? And then I think about the homeless people that are ex-veterans who were messed up in the head. They're not normal. They had homes. They had families and mental disease destroyed it all. So it's all connection. Anyway, people, I know this is all pretty deep and serious. But this is my perception on Memorial Day. And I don't take it for granted. And I look at all the effects of my choices and movements and my thoughts even. of How important they are. And how I can help other people become greater. Well, you all have a great night. And thanks for listening to Good Vibes with Jason B.